Hi there, this is Suparna Goswami, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group. I have with me today Ruit Carvalho, who is Development Director at European Association for Secure Transactions. We'll talk about merchant fraud and some new trends in this space. Rui, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure to, to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Rui. Rui, for the benefit of our audience, it will be great if we can start by telling a, a bit about your background. Well, my background basically has been in cybersecurity for the last 25 years. I've been involved in several different projects. I was head of cybersecurity for a major processor in, in Europe for about 14 years. Uh, and since then, I've dedicated to uh, other projects. East is a product project that I've been involved since 2004. Basically, for those that aren't familiar with it, East is an, an association based in Europe that basically gathers information from European countries and shares uh, information regarding fraud, regarding cybercrime. In my case, lately, I've been privileged to be involved not only with EAST as a development director, but also uh, I've headed a, a subgroup, which is the PTF, the Payment Task Force. Along with that, I've had also the privilege of being part uh, of the EC3 at Europol. Fantastic, Rui. So coming to the topic of merchant fraud, how have you seen this kind of fraud evolving over the years? Well, merchant fraud is a very specific component uh, of fraud, obviously. Uh, it's a vast world of fraud. Uh, merchant fraud occupies a very specific target, but it has evolved greatly uh, as our lives have evolved. Obviously, if we spoke a few years ago, we would be talking about uh, physical brick and mortar merchants. Nowadays, most of the merchants are obviously virtual. Most of the businesses done on a B2B basis or on a B2C basis are on a virtual uh, component. And uh, there's a lot to it. It has evolved greatly uh, in expediting the situation, in providing new suppliers to merchants, in uh, providing new means of payments to merchants. But obviously, all these new components come with risk, risk that sometimes is easily mitigated, and sometimes it's not so easily mitigated, and uh, it uh, propo proposes fraud opportunities to uh, criminals. So can you tell us a, a bit about the kind of fraud that you're seeing in the space? Basically, we went through a phase a couple of years ago, and that was a very worrisome phase, and hopefully it's overcome, but the way it was overcome needs to be analyzed deeply. Basically, what all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, we started seeing a whole bunch of uh, merchant sites uh, popping up, different geographies, but mainly China. And they were providing goods that uh, obviously were at a much cheaper price than the original uh, material that uh, was advertised. And the goods were delivered for the most part, although obviously there were some merchants that do not deliver any goods uh, at all. But the worrisome part was that uh, within about two week period, we would see the credit card information or the payment information being exposed on other sites. Again, mainly in China, but also in other geographies. And that became a huge deal because we were talking about a huge volume of cards being compromised. It got to a point where we really weren't sure what merchants in China were legit and which ones were not. Uh, obviously, the large ones, we basically know which ones are the large ones. 
do maintain a certain reputation, uh, although the material is not always uh, delivered properly or the quality that people desire, but, but that has been overcome. But Europe had a huge problem with those sites because, um, again, uh, we're talking about thousands, if not millions of cards were compromised and used, like I said, within basically two week period after the purchase uh, in the site. So that has been a huge concern. Um, it got to a point, it got so bad that certain countries in Europe, in order to avoid that type of fraud and to circumvent that type of fraud, basically shut all transactions from Chinese geographies. And that's radical, obviously. Uh, it has a huge impact on uh, the customer. It has a huge impact on the business uh, itself, not only uh, on the merchant side, but on the banking side, obviously, they, the transactions weren't going through. So, but that got to a point that radical measures needed to be taken. And fortunately, it seems to have subsided somewhat um, at this point. The other major trend that we see, uh, and this is the one that's still occurring, and it is very worrisome at this point. Like I said in the beginning, payment methods have changed radically over the last few years. Mainly, a lot of the merchants are now using what we call third-party processors. And third-party processors are a semi-banking community or semi-financial community that obviously has great benefits for the merchants because uh, it does provide very useful service. Uh, you can basically pay with any electronic means method, but uh, also provides a huge concern for the industry itself. And basically because the third-party processes are being compromised Rather frequently at this point, there was one specific brand of processing software that is mostly targeted, but for the most part, it is almost impossible to determine where the compromise point is. Because uh, again, several merchants are using these third-party processors. We are seeing transactions, uh, fraudulent transactions from various different geographies, from different acquirers, from different merchants, and we have no compromise point to really, really identify uh, where this might occur. And the result is a huge amount of fraud. Both Aeropol uh, and the CIA have put out warnings over the last year or so about using third-party processors uh, and how merchants can help in detecting uh, fraudulent transactions and compromised uh, third-party processors. But again, it, it is a huge problem. It's, a, it's probably the biggest problem at this point concerning merchants. And it's become even bigger uh, with the, the pandemic. Obviously, a lot of people buying from home different uh, components. And at this point, there are thousands, if not millions of cards compromised available uh, on the dark web and on other components for sale. So it's something that we need to deal with. It's something that the industry needs to resolve, but that's the big issue right now. So I have two questions for you. One, what exactly led to fall in the fraud, merchant fraud when it comes to merchant fraud from China, one. And second is, obviously you spoke about dependence on third-party vendors. So this is clearly a need now. So what is the way out? What are some advice as a thought leader you would give out to the community? Well, the advice is always the same. You need to have good updates on your softwares. The software that communicates with the third-party vendor needs to be monitored. Uh, the, the amount of transactions needs to be properly monitored. You need to verify as a merchant the amount of transactions that are occurring. You need to pay close attention to your customers that are complaining that 
the card, the credit card information is being used elsewhere. For the most part, you need to, I know this is really hard for a merchant because obviously the merchant's main concern is to make a profit and uh, making a profit sometimes uh, requires relying on third-party uh, processors that aren't as safe or aren't as secure but they do provide a service that is cheaper. And obviously, uh, cheap is no, not necessarily a good friend of uh, security. And that's the big concern. So if you do run a reputable, if you are a reputable merchant, uh, you need to be very careful on who uh, you process through. And you need to make sure that uh, your, the, your customer's information uh, is definitely safeguarded and not used in a, a manner that fraud will occur uh, frequently. Again, going back to the basics, update software, make sure that your monitoring services are, are in place, and make sure that you have a reliable third-party uh, processor in place, verify all the transactions, and just have good sense overall, as most things in security. Regarding the Chinese sites, the Chinese sites are quite a different story. Uh, at one point, we were very concerned that the spread of these new sites uh, for fraudulent reasons would expand to Europe and even to the United States, obviously. And so far, we've been able to kind of uh, deal with that, obviously the impact that the major schemes throughout the world have on the acquirers have somewhat stabilized uh, that situation. Although we still on a daily basis see new sites that are created with no other purpose than collecting card information and providing false services to, to customers. So again, back to uh, the customer needs to be very careful what, what they're buying and when they're buying. But again, going back to, to the basics, there are other mechanisms that the industry itself are, uh, is adopting. Here in Europe, there are several countries now, and I know that the United States and uh, especially the schemes, uh, both Visa and MasterCard for the most part, are now working on something that we call virtual cards. And virtual cards, in my perspective, personally, I've been, I've been a big fan of virtual cards for the last 10, 12 years. Although I understand why the technology hasn't really spread, but I really feel that it's getting to a point where uh, it will be probably the best answer to, to the situation. So virtual cards are nothing but a derivation of your specific card. So if your card has a number, it obviously does, it's called a PAN. You can derive a specific number that is similar to your PAN or not, but it's a one-time use. And that um, has provided a lot of security because you create your virtual card based on your normal card. And once that virtual card is used on the specific merchant or on the specific purchase that you do, uh, it's no longer valid because it expires after the first transaction or after the first few transactions, depending on how you set it up. So there's a lot of mechanisms that the industry itself uh, is dealing with and working with in order to provide security uh, in this component. But again, the end customer at the end of the game is the entity that needs to play along with the industry because the industry can provide uh, fantastic mechanisms but if the end customer does not use them, then uh, we go back to the situation that fraud will occur. Correct. So Roy, as mentioned by you, merchant fraud is not something new that the industry is facing. So since we have been talking about this for, for years now, what challenges do you think are authorities facing in dealing with merchant fraud? 
Again, I think the biggest challenge at this point is the online fraud because again, uh, and this is not something over the last two years or three, but it has increased substantially over the last few years. People used to buy locally, physically. Then they started buying online and buying online has the advantage of, okay, if I buy it within this at least certain geography, I'll get it on time and most likely we'll get a fairly decent product. Once the market opened up and you got other geographies, and obviously China became a huge player in the merchant market. Again, you change the ball game completely. The sites provide material sometimes that is not the quality that customers expect. They do provide it for a much cheaper price, obviously. Customers sometimes uh, understand that, well, this cannot be an original. It has to be a fake merchandise, but as long as it works or provides what they, they feel they need is acceptable. But it has created a huge problem for the industry because all of a sudden, where before the authorities could act locally within the United States, within Europe, or within other geographies, uh, nowadays it's really, really hard uh, to uh, interfere or to try to investigate or to try to shut down sites um, in other geographies. And again, China is probably the, the biggest concern at this point. So that's the new challenge is we're deal, dealing with a worldwide problem and the worldwide problem doesn't have a worldwide police solution. Uh, Aeropol, Interpol, Secret Service, uh, they all do their part. They do a fantastic job with the means that they do have, but it's something that needs to be controlled in other mechanisms because it's getting bigger and the police is not going to be the answer to it all. Correct. But obviously, online transactions cannot be stopped now. That's the way forward. So apart from these two solutions that you mentioned before in your responses, what are some ways that authorities can tackle this problem? Again, the virtual cards, from my, in my opinion, are, are one of the best solutions uh, out there proliferate over the last over the next few years and i really think that uh, is going to be um, a game changer the other components that really think that there are so many new mechanisms uh, for authentication that uh, are being evaluated and being used uh, on uh, transactions that i really think that technology uh, once uh, it's fully in place will uh, obviously improve the question is always the same. It's a very dual situation. The industry can come up with great mechanisms to, to defend against fraud. There are two components that need to be in place. First of all, merchants and other entities, but we're talking about merchants here. So they need to be able to invest in these new technology and these new components to provide the security and to provide fraud detection that is needed. The other component, and that's sometimes a lot more harder to, to kind of push, is to make the end customer realize that, yeah, I need to do this because this is my bank account, and this is my money, and this is my card information, and this is my ID information, and this is my life, and I need to be a little careful with it. As we've seen in merchant fraud is no different than any other fraud. The biggest concern that we're dealing with right now is social engineering overall. Merchant fraud has its components, uh, has several components also in social engineering. 
Uh, and that really makes a huge difference because it's a totally different game. It's a totally different perspective. And again, in order for it to work, the end customer and people need to understand, need to accept, and need to use the new technologies. Sure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rui, for sharing your thoughts on Merchant Front. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You were listening to Rui Carvalho for ISMG. This is Supernatural.